The following is a gifted punksters podcast. The show will begin after we attempt to sell you some shit. Please hold. It's hard to meet women in the city, and even harder to find ones that will poop on you. At least, it used to be, before I found Pooper. Pooper works just like other popular dating apps, like Tinder or Grindr. Only, we do things a little differently here. With Pooper, you don't even have to live in New York to be on the receiving end of a Manhattan transfer. Or a Brooklyn cookout, a Bronx knocker, a Queens colonel, or a Staten Island ferry. Or a Park Slope supper, a Midtown brown, an Astoria furnace, a Soho shanty, a Crown Heights shite, or a Williamsburg turd. Or a Buffalo bomber, a Rochester fester, or an Albany armistice. Pooper, put your money where your mouth is. Welcome to Get Pit Punksters. This is Kevin. This is Pat. I have a very specific number <laughs> that, much like the movie The Number 23 with Jim Carrey, That's... haunts me in my life. I see it. I think everyone has that number that they see everywhere. Whether it's you look at the clock, that's what time it is. Any, anything with numbers, it's that number for me is 138. <laughs> I swear to fucking God, that number haunts me. At work, we have machinery with uh, like little temperature gauges on them. And every time I look at it, it's 138. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. License plates... <laughs> Everywhere I look. I mean, that sounds like exactly like number 23 where Jim Carrey is a crazy person that's finding the number 23 and everything and therefore thinking it's... I think a lot of people experience that, though. I think that's uh, there, I, I, a I clinical can't, name for that, I'm sure. I'm sure it's lo- like lunacy. Anyways, <laughs> I, know, I know that the reason that is... For, Suggested madness, maybe. Uh, it's, I, I don't know, for me at least, because uh, I know that number comes from the Misfits song, We Are yes. 138. Which technically comes from, well, I don't know if it actually ever officially was said to be, because I think we've had this conversation, but uh, the rumor of what it's about was that it was about George Lucas's THX 1138. Mm. They just, for whatever reason, took a one off of it. But Yeah, well, if that is indeed what it's about, no one fucking knows because the only <laughs> lyrics in the song for anyone who hasn't heard it is just "We are 138" over and over. Well, and, and the eyes over. of darkness. And I think there's that, more. There's more. That may that. have been the first Misfit song I ever heard. That was the first Misfit song probably that I ever heard. Because, um, like going back to P.S. Like, welcome to Gifted Punksters episode 138, our <laughs> Misfits special. No shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> first, I say. I say. If you didn't get that by now, um, slow. You know, we need to spell things out here. <laughs> Um, cause when I was first getting into like punk and everything, um, and there were certain bands that I didn't know, um, a lot of people were listening to Misfits and I was just like, okay, well, what should I listen to? And I, and like the, the prevailing responses that I got from the people that I knew, uh, was either, um, collection one or static age. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening was I was in a used uh, media store, uh, and I think it was Plattsburgh, um, where they had neither of those, but they had Collection 2. Uh, 
So I bought Collection 2 because I was like, fuck it. Like, it's better than nothing. What is Collection 2? Is it all the Michael Graves stuff? No, no, no. It's still Denzig stuff. It's just not like the... What I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not the A material because you have stuff on there, like you have um, like Last Caresses on there, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of A material on there, but it's like it's definitely not as strong a record as sure. like Collection One is like the all killer no filler. And then like the Collection Two is kind of like a lot of like, well, these are also songs that they had. Um, but the first song on there, I'm is pretty it sure all this stuff from the three records, three studio albums. Well, I mean, it's basically cold. I, mean, I, I could you could look it up. I mean, there's there's tons of like it's basically like the collection one and collection two are basically just like kind of best ofs before they really did best ofs or whatever. Yeah, I've only ever really stuck with their three proper records. I know because you're that because yeah, we've had this we've had this discussion many many times where like you okay basically I'm Mark Millar like there's the whole discussion with uh, Mark Millar talking about like uh, I think it was Bendis like where. Um, when he was a kid, Mark Millar didn't see the point in buying like a Batman solo book, like an Aquaman solo, like whatever. He's like, I can buy Justice League and have all of these. I'm a poor Scotsman. Why the fuck would I buy these separate books? Mm. It's kind of my whole thing was like, I grew up the exact opposite of you where you were like all that, like the record and the album and like the specific whatever. It's like, for me, it was just like, I want to get whatever has as much in as large of a package as possible. Like I want either like, 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 like I don't think I've ever actually well, owned Descendants uh, Milo. I, I, I always had Summary. Like, here's my question. So, so you you bought your Misfits. Uh, that one. The rest I got. See, I I pirated. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I pirated the rest. I, I pirated those three records. You know, I pirated the ne- rest. never occurred to me to go to a record store and get the Misfits. I just pirated those three. And well, at the time, I didn't have later, access. <laughs> I purchased them later, much, much later in life. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever purchased them to this day. To, I mean, like I have well, them so all. What, what, I mean, what year did you go down the Misfits hole? Ah, uh, fuck! I don't even know, man. Pre uh, piracy? Oh yeah, probably. I mean, no, well, you know, piracy was probably still a thing, but it probably wasn't as much of a thing. Right. I mean, yeah, you did get some guy <laughs> that went to like school with your older yeah. brother and dropped out. Like he had to. Because I think my whole thing with Misfits and- <laughs> was, I think it came from. Uh, I could be wrong, but it, I think it came from AFI because I was obsessed with mm. AFI. And, like, AFI are, especially at this point, were, like, super heavily influenced by the Misfits. Like, to the extent where they were, like, there was, like, at least three or four Misfits covers that AFI did. Like, they did, off the top of my head, they did Demonomania, they did Halloween, they've done, they did others. But, um, but no, like, I think that might have been, I can't remember if that was my first exposure or not. I do remember, like, when I finally went through my proper, like, Misfits phase was when, like, I had everything pirated and like made like a burn CD of like all of their shit yeah. that I liked and everything. But I think it's funny is like I was thinking I was mentioning before like the whole um, Static Age or Collection One thing. I was like, now that I like listen to them all, like, I think Static Age is actually their second best full length. I think Walk Among Us is way better personally. Yeah, that's a great. Right. You know, I went the other way where I always thought Walk Among Us was my favorite, but well, thing, I didn't. As have... I've gotten older, I've maybe learned to love Static Age more. Honestly, here's the thing: I don't remember which one was the first one I heard. It was either Walk Among Us. Or Static Age, and then Earth AD came later for me. Yeah. But and I've probably told this story on the podcast before, I think. But at this point in time, I mean, this is like around two thousand, two thousand one, maybe. Yeah, probably about the same for me. Maybe yeah. my, 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 but a couple of years older. For pop, me, pop punk is on the rise in the mainstream. Like Enma of the State is huge. Newfound Glory is starting to blow up. Like bands like that, and those are the bands that I was starting to get into. Yeah. And then my mother, <laughs> as any good mother does for her, her. Like pack of 12 year old boys uh <laughs> drove us down to albany for a zoomies skate demo 
at the Crossgates Mall in Albany. They were having, they set up like mini ramps and shit. Uh, Alkaline Trio, I think, played like in the store. Well, you you know what it was? I think it was. Oh, the, like not. Like, I think even like physically, like they were no, there. No, like, no, no, they, they no, they did. Oh, they did. Yeah, and That's then and then another year was the Distillers. Oh, sweet. Um, in Albany. But, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But but this year, uh, bef- the second time when it was the Distillers, it was the Zoomies Couch Tour. But this time around, the first time it went down to one of those things, it was the Volcom Skate Team was in town doing a demo, and they set up a bunch of ramps out in the parking lot, and they did a demo, and then later. Inside the mall in the Zoomies, there was a huge line that wrapped around and around and around like a spiral till it got to the center. And then you got your your shit autographed. They were giving out like posters and, you know, maybe you could bring your deck and they would, the skate team would autograph it. But while you're waiting, Alkaline Trio was playing. Um, on the way down to that, my friend Jake, who was like... I do remember you mentioning Jake being the one that introduced you to Misfits. Yeah, you know, I and like I, I have to hand to Jake. Jake is probably the one that introduced my friend group to like classic hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like I think some of us were starting to listen to contemporary hardcore, but I think he was the one that threw it into like that eighties direction. Um, but yeah, we played either walk among us or static age. I can't remember which, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Probably static age. If I heard we are one thirty eight, or maybe not, maybe you just heard it first and you said that before. And I, and it, it's like into my brain because <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it was Walk Among Us. It very well may have been. I couldn't speak for your yeah. experience. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, well, so was mine. But <laughs> it's like almost 20 years ago. This yeah. Point, well, so no, I, I remember know. also because um, I remember when I was really. It was. It's kind of weird. Like I always have this thing. Like when I get super into something, is like right on the cusp. But like when something else is going to happen, like what was supposed to happen was um, like when I got super into them, they're supposed to release 12 Fritz from Hell. Mm. And it was like, oh my god! Like new Misfits, kind of new. Like it was like the same songs, just different recordings. Yeah. Um, but then ended up getting shit canned because I guess Jerry only and Glenn Denzig, I guess, agreed they didn't like each other. The mixing the artwork. Well, they don't <laughs> like each other. They never liked each other. But um, they didn't like just the fact they agreed is astonishing because usually Jerry only mm-hmm. has never met a dollar he didn't like. So it was kind of like. Yeah, well, it took disdain and negativity to to bond those two, but I'm I'm glad it happened. Well, fair, but like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's kind of like the whole thing is like if you actually look, because I've been like basically not only doing research per se for this, but just kind of like listening to a lot of it. Um, and it's kind of interesting to listen to where it's kind of like they didn't exist for that long. They kind of no had this like the whole kind of breadth of what like punk was for that time. They kind of I don't know. I don't know if I would go as far as say like innovated because I definitely feel like they followed in the footsteps of like the Ramones and stuff, but like. It very much is kind of like they, I feel like, did a more almost like, I don't think commercial because nobody really mm-hmm. gave a shit from a commercial standpoint, but like, I don't know, I'm an easier to digest version in a lot of ways because yeah. like, well, I, I think really if you're like a fucking like horror nerd like I was, like horror sci-fi, like holy shit, like it just like, oh my God, like it's like basically Ramones music, but all the fucking songs about like fucking monsters, holy fucking shit, this is like the best fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I, I think hardcore in general. Like, I feel like Earth AD is kind of like in a lot of ways, like one of the first like hardcore records in well, a lot that, of ways. But, uh, no, because that was like 83 right oh maybe so, okay yeah I mean, that, no, that, was, that was their yeah. last record i, I yeah, think really it, it was they were starting to i guess it's, well, catch up to everyone i will else. say it's like, like kind of yeah like the hardcore mixed with metal it's like one of the first like right crossover I mean, here's that my thing with. i feel like in general hardcore at least 80s like california or just countrywide 80s 
hardcore punk was such, I think, a quick burst, yeah. you know? Uh, like, I think as a scene or a movement, it pretty much took on the same characteristics as a hardcore song. Super quick. It's really only like, sure, you could say it starts in like 78, 79, but it really starts to catch on in like 1980. And, I was like, and, the, then, and then goes till about 83, Because even the bands that I would say, like, I feel like... Um, as much as Black, Black Flag, Flag was, was done f- by the end of 83, right? Well, I was say, so. Black Flag was the first, but Black Flag didn't sound like Black Flag, left the of bad brains. So the, Fair. I think that the germs of the first, see, I mean, I guess that's what I mean when I say like you could go back to 78, 79 because you have the germs doing it, but I feel like the germs were the only band doing decidedly hardcore that early. But I don't think they really. Not, and it's not until 1980 that like Black Flag starts to catch on and then everyone catches on because everyone's just mimicking. Cause, well, also, because Black it, Flag was the first one to really, like tour extensively. Like, well, exactly. That's exactly it. Black Flag are the first ones to disperse it amongst the country yeah but i think the thing about hardcore too is like there it was a quick spurt in which there were a lot of bands but there's probably only like five bands that really i think are remembered by people beyond punk enthusiasts and that's like you know you've got black flag i said does anybody remember besides punk black flag minor threat the descendants bad brains and the misfits I mean, I don't know. Misfits is hard to say. Like, I, again, cause again, they were, they were like hardcore for like five minutes. Sure, like, but, and, but, but I, I guess regardless of their sound, because fuck, I mean, the Minutemen are part of that scene, fair. and the Minutemen are hardcore. So I guess just less about exactly what they're playing musically, and more about the circuit that they were on. I don't know, for me, I always kept Misfits as kind of like I mean, from they, the era of like Ramones, Sex Pistols, Damned. Like they weren't really playing with those bands, though. They they were, playing- they were supposed to. Like the thing is, like I remember, like the whole like the reason London Dungeon exists that song is because I guess they were supposed to be, they were supposed to go on tour with the Clash in that year. Yeah. And then Glenn got into a fight in England and that but fucked up the entire still thing. Like, that's still like rookie shit for them though, because yeah. well, I mean their first record, Static Age, is seventy nine. Probably. So I'm I mean, just like, saying, they're like, a bit I mean, later. At well, that yeah, point, Ramones like, are on the way out. Ramones I, played until the I 90s, like, sir. Yeah, but like, I don't know, in terms of the classic, like, fuck yeah, Ramones period. When the when the Ramones, because at a certain I don't, point. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any period of Ramones where I don't consider fuck yeah. At a yeah. certain point, I feel like the Ramones are, are, are no longer. You say a crossword to the Ramones, you're going to fucking get a fight in this I, fucking room, I, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm just saying at a certain point in their <laughs> career. And it happens pretty early because of the nature of punk. Things are just kind of like here today, over tomorrow. Um, I don't feel like they were particularly cutting edge after a certain point. They were at first, but then they stopped progressing and you have this new crop of punk bands that are totally something else. I think that's somewhat true, but also somewhat not. Like, I don't think they, they obviously didn't like progress like The Clash. But like, yeah, question, but even just like evolving no, to like, the next like, state, like too tough to die. They the took misfits, out like a lot more. Had the misfits not imploded upon themselves, would have continued, I think, to um, evolve over time and match. Yeah. Not match because I mean it's, it's not like you're just synthesizing what others are doing around you. But you know, there's there's a shift in your creative output that makes sense with what's going on around you. You know, and I think you see that even past the Misfits into Danzig's first solo record, which I think is a great record. But yeah, that me too. is just, you know, kind of like 80s, like, th- like not thrash. That's definitely but, not thrash. But like, uh, I don't know, like, just kind of chill down metal. closer to the thrash. Um, it's heavy. Yes. Um, heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, just, I don't know. It's like the fact that like they kind of like, you can follow where they, they kind of were. Because like, if you listen to their earlier stuff, especially like, it's very much like the kind of the Ramones thing of like old school rock and roll played really fast, like static age. Because even uh, Walk Among Us, I feel like 
starts to go into more of like um, a hardcore direction. I'm, I'm not saying it's not in, in that yeah. moving in the direction. I'm just saying in terms of like the hooks and everything, it's still very much like created. Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. It's a total time. With, it, with a very like eye towards like old Chuck school Barry. rock and roll. And yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that's like, like, like Ramones, like early punk. And then it's like, by the time they get to Earth Ramones, ID. Ramones, even Sarah, like fucking the Beach Boys. Well, fine. Punk. But, um, but Earth AD, it's just like, they don't really give a fuck if you remember this song after it's over. It's just like, it was just a matter of like getting through it as brutally as possible. I feel like they're just as catchy. They're just played twice as fast. Fair enough. I don't know. I mean, I don't dislike them or anything. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I feel like that record's the most kind of like, it's the least easy to penetrate, I would say, just by virtue of the fact that like, yeah, I think you have if, to really care to like. I think you have to consider what the vibe in that band was. Oh, no, I'm just like, saying, it was but like, pretty volatile. It's, it's so. for me, like I'm saying, like for me, it's like I love it because I liked hardcore and I like like metal and like yeah. everything it's aiming for, I like already. Whereas I feel like if you're, if that was the first Misfits record you heard, you probably wouldn't be super down like for it because it'd be like, well, Jesus it's Christ, inter- this is punishing. I don't know. I mean, but I'm not saying it's that good. I love it. I'm just I, saying. I guess too. Like, do you really get into the Misfits without the imagery? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a big part. Because I, mean, I didn't know what the fuck they looked like when I first got collection the, two. I, mean, I had I mean, no I, idea. I feel like there's always like a cultural sketch present, you know? I mean, they're kind of, it's like Kiss, but less sucky, you know? <laughs> if if Kiss were cool. <laughs> if there is, I do think Kiss was cool at one point. Yeah. I don't think it exists okay. now. I'm just saying like the 70s Kiss is is cool. But like, I don't know. I honestly didn't know what their fucking image was until, like, I, okay, I definitely discovered it in high school. So it definitely was, like, in, like, the, yeah, like, late 90s, early 2000s. I remember um, when I had my mohawk, uh, my friend suggested that uh, when I wanted to keep it down, which I did often because it was a huge fucking mohawk and it was so much effort to put up, that, like, he's like, I should just put it in devil lock. And I was like, yes, but I feel like that'll be a fucking, like my eyes will be crossed. Cause like, I don't yeah. understand how they didn't like, that's why I was like, I think it's a really cool looking hairstyle, but I don't know. They were. I just, I don't know how the fuck you can survive that. But no, like, I don't know. Again, I didn't know what the fuck their image was when I first heard them. I just knew like all the songs are about like monsters and aliens and like kind of cool, like genre movie shit. So I was like, and I, I was a genre movie nerd. So I was like, it was fucking awesome to me. Like later on. Yeah. I discovered that they looked like kind of, I don't know. Superheroes. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Like comic book characters for sure. A little bit, but mostly they look kind of like characters from He-Man, like a little bit like I feel like that's in the same kind of realm though. Well, that's fair. that's an offshoot of superhero. It's just a, I guess. a very I mean, if Conan the Barbarian comes can be like a like a comic book icon. I guess it makes sense. I mean, cuz also cuz they're all like in super good shape, which has always been weird to me. Like just just a just a quad of buff dudes doing I just get, I, I got like one dude or maybe two dudes but like that whole fucking band was yeah, always like that's insane to me but like <laughs> <laughs> um but no like so yeah like the, the 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 image is definitely a big part of it and I do feel like the misfits or like the There's a clown being slaughtered <laughs> nearby just FYI but I do think like at the same time like this the reason that like they work and the reason like cause I think also the thing I thought was funny was like when I was thinking about it earlier was um because I was thinking about like uh, I don't know if it's technically the Ataris or it was technically just Chris Rowe, um, but he did the cover of Skulls, and um, like my favorite version of uh, Halloween is probably Alkaline Trio's cover of it, and it's like because they're both like very stripped down. It's like it's the weird thing about Misfits is like 
they're the only band I can think of where like they are pretty constantly covered, but like it's almost always Ow. really interesting covers. Like it's almost always like actual like not just like retreads of like the songs you've like heard ten thousand times exactly as you've heard them. Like that's like I you're whenever you hear a Ramones cover, they don't change anything. Like whenever you hear mm-hmm. like I mean, most bands, like whenever you hear, like, it's like, like a punk bands, whatever, hardcore bands, like it's usually like you basically are doing the same song over again and that's fine. But like whenever you hear like, well, I'm not gonna say it, whatever, but like many of the times that you hear like, well, that was unfortunate. <laughs> um, whenever you're trying to hear like a Misfits cover, it's usually done in a way that's actually interesting like again like you can because you can because it's like if you really break the songs down it's that goth magic <laughs> if you really party goth <laughs> temperament if you really break the songs down, like they, they actually work as more than just kind of like three chords and a good hook like they can kind of they're very malleable which i think is interesting that didn't really occur yeah, to me until I, I was like I've listening to stuff to that had some long-standing ideas of, of certain songs how that could be done Go ahead. Like, just give me ideas. Uh, ideas I, you might have. I mean, I don't, I don't want to give away my secret <laughs> weapons. I might use them. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, for one thing, I think, s- s- like, it doesn't necessarily have to be Skulls, but a song like Skulls, it just has, like, very kind of uh, gory and dark lyrical imagery. Mm-hmm. Slow it down. Turn into a that's ballad. What, that's, what, um, that's what Chris wrote it. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Um, I don't know. An orchestral version of Hybrid Moments could be cool. Yeah. That should be cool. Um, but no, yeah, like that's my thing is like, and I mean, yeah, there is some stuff where it sounds exactly the same. Like AFI's cover of Demonomania is exactly the same. Like the cover of Halloween is better, I think, than the original version, but like it's still very true to the original version. Um, so yeah, so like, but I do think that like that's the thing is like they are something where like you can kind of do. do Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Podcast. Are you gonna cut this out? I don't care. <laughs> when we had done like the self-titled episode, that like when I had mentioned the whole thing of them never doing anything ever again together was like obviously before uh like the riot fest thing was announced, which honestly did shock the shit out of me because it was just like for the longest time, it seemed like the only like new stuff you were ever going to get was ever going to be like the same bullshit that Jerry only kind of been peddling for. Like, Cause like the first like couple new fits records are fine. Like I'm not like a huge fan, but like there's some stuff that I like on there with Michael Graves and everything like, but like at a certain point, I've never really cared to give it an honest listen. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like, like dig up her bones. I think it's a cool song and there's, there's some other cool songs. I heard some in passing. That was really bad. <laughs> but like at a certain point it became just utter dog shit like when they were like project 1950 and stuff it was just like what was the fucking point of this um but at the same time it's the kind of thing, the thing it was like uh with danzig where it's like i definitely feel like he was more of a creative force than like obviously than the rest of the dudes but also at the same time, like even Danzig at a certain point, like you kind of get to the point where you're just like, yes, I understand. You've, you've been doing the same yeah. thing for like six records now. I, I get it. It's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, Danzig's a fucking character too, where like, 
your band can't work with or without him. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that was kind of my whole thing was the, like, I, I read the whole thing was basically the, the, or the whole lawsuit, whatever that kind of kept them from doing anything for like however many years um, was basically due to dancing being like, I wrote literally everything all Doyle and Jerry did was like very minimal, like here and there, like whatever. And I was like, but if that's true, then why doesn't Sam Hain sound like the misfits? Like, why doesn't like Danzig solo records sound like, because, and then there's like, and for that matter, like why does the post Danzig stuff not sound like it's just cause I feel like it's, it was just like, like the whole blink thing when blink broke up and it was kind of like, or fall out boy, like pick a pick a band, but like the whole being greater than some of its parts, like where it's like, I feel like all of the dudes definitely bring something to it. But like, I don't feel like anyone has like a monopoly on what it really like on the sound or like, but also I do feel like it was also very much like of that time and of that place. I feel like even now, like if you, tr- like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like, I did watch like the Riot Fest videos and everything because I was just like, holy shit. But at the same time, I'm like, the reason I didn't, like, my first thought was like, when, I, when it was first happening, I'm like, holy shit, I should fucking go to that. But I was like, do I really want to see old guy misfits? Like, that well, just seems I, depressing. I, I think a lot of, um, like, classic punk is destroyed by the idea of it's generally accepted now. Mm. Beyond that, it's, I mean, like, the misfits are as iconic, you could argue, as, like, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. You know, like that's a, in, in terms of branding and cultural, okay, and, and cultural awareness, yeah, okay. maybe, maybe not like cultural significance or impact in terms of like, you know, like our parents' generation eats it up. But pretty soon we're going to be someone's parents' generation. We'll be the ones like I, a lot of people in our age bracket love that band and people that you, you wouldn't expect. And even if they don't love it, then they're aware of it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, like, I think part of the appeal of seeing the Misfits in 1980 or or part of what makes it so spectacular and like is that you know you're going to see like not a, a big touring like a band that tours in a shitty van probably makes like a couple hundred bucks a night if they're if lucky that. <laughs> if they're lucky Especially at that point and <laughs> but on top of that they have theatrics yeah which is like kind of bizarre to do outside of it. what they do I mean Vernus Kiss did that too but yeah right like, but they did it in an arena yeah you know, well, I'm just saying when they started out, they, they, they before they were like, it's like me rolling, kiss. it's like me they rolling like, to a kid's birthday party and <laughs> popping over like a bottle of champagne and, you know, and like maybe like a stripper hops out of a cake. It just, it just seems like a bit much, but it'd still be crazy to watch. <laughs> I'd be done to watch that. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> you know, like imagine being in Googs or just some shady dive bar and hear these guys with their shirts off and makeup on their faces and they all have the same haircut and it looks bizarre and ghoulish and kind of futuristic. In fairness, I mean, that's like the the smoke machine in Kooks. It's like they, everything looks very like theatrical when they put that shit on. Yeah, but underneath it, it's still just a bunch of dirty wooks and flannel shirts. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but no, like, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Definitely like, the theatrical element of it is a part of it, but it's like at the same time, again, when I first got into them, I didn't know what the fuck they looked like. It just like, I mean, like most bands, like... Obviously, I knew what, like, The Clash and, like, Sex Pistols and Ramones looked like when I was a kid. 
See, that's what I'm saying. I guess with the Misfits, like I, I just knew. I, did, I didn't, I didn't have to be a thing of like, oh, I wonder what these guys look like because I just knew, <laughs> you know. And plus, like even just being handed, like I don't know, like like their logo or something, mm-hmm. you know, looking them up, and that's the image that comes up. Fair enough. I'm just saying, like, I mean, for me, it was like, I mean, the, yeah, the collection two cover, it was just the Crimson Ghost, like with the the hands crossed, whatever. Um, yeah, even that, just good imagery. Yeah, no, I think In it's fact, cool. In fact, I wish I had um, that be- before we were recording, I was showing you a, a Misfit sweatshirt I bought, which is like a collaboration between the Misfits and the, the clothing company Obey. Mm-hmm. And there's a tag on the inside and like the designer who's the founder of Obey, I guess, has like a little like artist statement like on one of the tags just but he he references um you know like the iconic imagery of just you know, like mixing uh pop culture with music and blah blah, blah. I don't know, some, something that's far more eloquently worded than that but uh i don't know no yeah i mean just go buy one of those products you'll see <laughs> um well yeah no i mean cuz kind of like the thing that like if you look at like kind of a lot of not even as movies that they were like interested in, but like movies that were kind of. Because I mean, if you really look at like that's the weird thing with like the seventies and like the late seventies, like early eighties, was it was like the first generation of a like um, kind of where a lot of artistic pursuits were then kind of shown to be profitable. So that was like a factor, mm-hmm. but also B, it was like the generation of like the sixties and whatever where they had kind of, it was like, I mean the boomers, whatever, if you will, um, who had kind of been raised to kind of believe that everything that would everything basically everything that they were experiencing was awesome. So it's like, they kind of took that shit with them. So like the movies you got were kind of like synthesizations of things that already happened. Like Joe Dante doing like, his stuff where it's like very much influenced. Yeah. By like stuff that was happening at the time and trying to break new ground, like, but also like very much having like a toe in the stuff that they were influenced by. Like you don't make like the howling and like gremlins and shit without like kind of knowing where you're coming from when you're doing it. And like fucking Spielberg with like where you have the whole thing of, in Lucas too, where it's like taking all these kind of like the stuff they grew up on watching and turning that into kind of like a, like basically growing up trying to do like a bigger version of that. I feel like a lot of the, like a lot of the bands, cause you mentioned before, like the whole thing of like kind of the influential thing was like, it's the generation that followed like generation X, if you will, was kind of the ones that like mostly I feel like kind of carried that torch, even though, like it basically was snuffed because basically you had Jerry only and fucking Glenn Danzig in court for like 10 years, whatever the fuck it was like fighting over the misfit name and all that bullshit, which I don't think anyone would have cared mm. when it came out. If it hadn't been for like all these other bands, like whether it be like Metallica, whether it be like whatever, like who were doing misfits covers and like wearing misfits, like fiend club t-shirts and all that bullshit. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's the thing is like, the thing that kind of kept the torch lit and kind of kept things going was just this idea that they have a catalog. (laughs) Well, just the idea that like, I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to say too, in terms like maybe not the main and only thing I'm trying to say, but I think that's part of saying that they're like a greater, uh, iconic cultural 
body of work, you know, yeah. is that they have a catalog. <laughs> all bands, have, like every band has songs, they have a catalog. Indeed, no, that's fair. But yeah, as I'm saying, like it's it's them kind of like that's the thing that kind of kept it. I feel like kept it going was just that it was. It, it was something that like it holds up really well, obviously, but also it was like everybody kind of, as you kind of mentioned, like all those bands kind of like broke up before you could kind of get sick of them. So it was like all those bands kind of ended up influencing like, like, I mean, there's like the whole story about how like, um, I don't know if it was his first show or just his first punk show, but whatever, but like where like Buzz Melvin's took like, um, Kurt to like a black flag show, like, obviously right before they broke up, whatever. And like shit like that, we're just like, it's kind of the stuff that like, it still exists. Cause it resonates, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't really make any sense that it should like, cause technically like misfits, like if you really break it down, as I said, like basically it's like the Ramones, but with like all this kind of B movie, like imagery and like substance, whatever. So it's like on paper, it doesn't really seem like it should be something that like sticks around, but at the same time, neither does Star Wars. And Star Wars now is like as popular now as it ever has been. Like, so I guess it does kind of make sense on a weird level. But I don't know. It's just like that's the thing that I do think is interesting when you kind of go back. Because like, again, I've been listening to it again and again, like lately, just kind of like whenever I was just kind of trying to get in the mood. I listen to it at work a lot. Yeah, because I hadn't in like a long time. Like, I kind of every once in a while will like put on a song but like it's like i haven't like it's like sat down and like listened to like a huge chunk of their music in a while mm-hmm. and like it's all i've been doing as of late just to kind of prepare for this and get myself in that headspace and like it i'm saying like it does hold up even though it doesn't really feel like it should because it's like it it's weird it's like it's like oh i guess it's like all the fucking old school like punk stuff where it's like it feels static age i feel like is an album that almost operates on similar ground as the slider by t-rex you know where like i don't know t-rex like there's something implicitly huge about t-rex even though maybe not everyone knows t-rex you know compared to maybe other bands a, tyrann- like, a, ty- a tyrannosaurus rex yeah. is very big a tyrannosaurus yes. rex but you know what i'm saying like like, yeah. t- like t-rex a little bit of a sleeper hit but also like massively huge and i guess it's kind of what you're saying about you know like uh like maybe that uh that adam about velvet underground how you know, Velvet Underground maybe only played to 15 people a night, but those 15 people all went off and started bigger bands that you are familiar with. And yeah, like, um, what was it? Um, the gig that I think Sex Pistols played, where there was only like 10 people there, and then like those people would turn out to be the guys who formed the Smiths. Yeah, I mean, it was like blah, 20 blah, blah. or 30 total, I think. That yeah. Up. It was, you know, decidedly small compared to how... Uh, how much attention that band got, I yeah. guess, or, or just, just in general, you yeah. know, I mean, I guess in general for shows, yeah, it's, but yeah, it was like the entire Manchester scene was there. Exactly. Um, which is interesting, but that's the thing is like kind of my whole thing with misfits is it's kind of like you kind of can trace like kind of their influence, but like it doesn't seem like it should be as big as it is, like, it feels like you can kind of, like, trace, like, the kind of, like, genesis. You're, you're doing something questionable with your hand right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm following intently. <laughs> Curious where this is going to go. <laughs> Just, like, very the, round. Like, the, like, the genesis yeah. versus, like, it kind of, like, everything kind of 
sprinkling out and out and out until he like grows. You're not making any better what you're doing with your hands right now. It's <laughs> insane. There's just something erupted and now it's spreading everywhere and the hands are moving further apart. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying, like, I feel like that's also a big part of why like Danzig was able to kind of make a career after Misfits was just by virtue of the fact that, like, yeah, there was Misfits fan that just wanted If you more. can become synonymous with just your last name as a stage name... <laughs> Not even his real name. That's, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> pretty... Um, that's Icon Stead. He's like Madonna. Yeah. Um, or Creed, because Creed is just one guy, but it's just his name. It's not actually accurate. Yeah, Creed. Okay. Austin Creed? Scott <laughs> Stapp, a.k.a. just Creed. Oh, Jesus. Um, but no, I like, think. I feel like a big part of the reason that at least... I mean, also, yeah, because the songs were good. Because I think the first thing I ever, yeah. the first thing I ever heard, I think, uh, that had anything to do with any of them was when I was like a little kid. I remember hearing like Mother on MTV because mm-hmm. it was like really, really big. And like, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. I thought it was fucking weird as hell. But like, it was interesting. Like, I remember like, oh, it was always being like stuck in my head. It still is sometimes, uh, once in a while. Um, but not enough to like, it really like hooked me, but it's enough to like make me remember who it was. Yeah, well, I think a lot of hardcore singers too sounded the same, but like no yeah. one sounds. Like oh, of course Danzig. not. Oh, hell no. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like the whole thing is like the whole thing with hardcore was always kind of like, and I don't even necessarily mean this in like an insulting way, but it was like because I mean I was one of them. It's like if you can't like sing, just fucking scream and like get your fucking point across, like get your like passion out there, like whatever. Danzig's which is the whole reason. Pipes. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if you can sing, it's always even more impressive. Because, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, I was always astonished. Like, I always, like, for for me, like, uh, like Greg Graffin from, like, Bad Religion was, like, practically opera-worthy. Because I was just, like, the fact there was a dude in punk rock who, like, sang, sang, and, like, was always in key and all that shit was, like, to me, like, astonishing. It was, like, so it was just kind of, like... I don't know. Like the whole thing of like when you discover Misfits, it's just like where Danzig's like by far the best singer of all of that. Because like, again, I, mm. I kind of was part of that crew, even because you're talking about like the hardcore crew, which is fine, but like the era of like even like the damned Ramones, Sex Pistols, like it's, Clash, go 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 on, go again. I feel like he's by far like the best, even of the dudes who kind of were bigger and came before like because in the end it was kind of the same thing where it's just kind of like doing it because you really want to and because you're really passionate about it but not necessarily because you are good at it mm-hmm. whereas he like was legitimately good at it and apparently legitimately good at various instruments if according to what he said is true and he basically wrote every fucking thing that they ever at least of the pre newfits material I mean, if that's, I mean, I doubt it's 100% true, but like, if even he wrote like the majority, that's still fucking ludicrous. That's kind of like, that's like Prince level almost. Like, because that was the thing I always thought that was interesting about Prince was like, when I first like heard Prince when I was a little kid, I was like, eh. And then like, as an adult, I'm like, when you learn that he kind of played every, like, he wrote every note, like he played everything, like whatever, it becomes so much more impressive. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy is crazy talented. It was kind of the same thing with like Danzig is in kind of he's kind of in the same company of just kind of being like a dude who apparently like knew how to fucking craft a song like nobody. I mean, in fairness, it does kind of make sense if you listen to, again if you listen to, like Danzig as a solo artist, 
at least the first couple records, it is like the hooks are really good. Like, like the melodies are really good. Like, yeah, all, oh, it, for sure. it's all like very kind of like, it's very memorable. It's very kind of like, it's, I don't think any place where the misfits would have necessarily ended up. Cause like, I do remember that was the whole thing was like, um, it's much slower than anything yeah. they ever did. It's yeah. slower, but also heavier. I feel Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but yeah, it's like, I guess that, I mean, probably that's probably Rick Rubin, but also like, I do feel like a part of it was just kind of like, cause I guess the whole reason that he, they, they basically, he made the decision to kind of break up the misfits were at least quitting the band and kind of in the, process being like well since i read all these i guess you guys aren't gonna play anymore <laughs> it was just like and then like jerry and doyle be like wait what <laughs> like, um but it's just kind of the whole thing of like i get why he would not really want to anymore by virtue of the fact that like if he's because the basically the, the way i heard and again this is just his side and I've also heard a lot of shit from Danzig over the years. It makes me not necessarily trust everything he says, take with a grain of salt. But we're basically like his whole thing was that he wanted like things to get like a really, to like a really solid place musically, like mm. in terms of musicianship and everything. And like really putting like the hours of practice in and by his statements, Danzig or uh, Doyle and uh, Jerry were not really down with that. They're just kind of like, kind of okay with kind of continuing the same shit, which then kind of makes perfect sense for kind of why the new fits. I get why people will still go. I get why people still are interested. Yeah, again, it's, I mean, you're, you're buying the legacy of it all. Exactly. It's like going to a Rolling Stones concert. Exactly. It's like, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like... Rights. Yeah. Largely. I mean, I think also a lot of people think they're genuinely going to have a fun time. Yeah. And it's going to be just like the old days, but, <laughs> but largely, I think, you, I think you're purchasing your right to bragging rights. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it's funny. I remember like, they played uh, Burlington one time where uh, where I grew up um, was like, I don't know, like a couple hours from Burlington, mm-hmm. if that. Um, and everybody was going. I remember uh, to the Misfits show and I was like, that's not even the fucking Misfits. That's like, yeah, d- like Jerry Olney and random dudes. Like who gives well, a shit? I mean, like even... I- the and they're dis- like, no, it's the fucking Misfits. I'm like, that doesn't count as the Misfits to me. The, dis- the, dis- <laughs> the Descendants recently played Burlington. Mm-hmm. And even though that's still like the Descendants, you know, um, I still, I thought about going and I was like, ah, but I don't know if I have to. Yeah, exactly. If it was in town, it was more convenient. But the idea of like driving and I'm going to see a bunch of dudes that are like in their 50s at least sing songs about being in their 20s. Like, yeah. Just kinda, eh. yeah. No, Whatever. I agree. That's you know. a, that is kind of well again, but at the same time, I like to the misfits. I get the fact that like because that's the thing is like all of the descendant songs are about being you're going because they're legends. You're going yeah. not because they necessarily have anything to say currently. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're going because like you want to hear those songs live, but I'm just like it's not going to sound the same. Like well, yeah, I am exactly. curious what, what saying, it sounds yeah. like with Michael Graves though. I've never, I mean, I'm, I've I've heard Michael Graves stuff as new fits, like where there was like new songs. I've never actually heard Michael Graves stuff. On like old school. I mean, I'm kind of curious what that sounds like. Mm. But um, but no, like in Glens Falls last summer for fucking real. Yeah, acoustic. I had yeah, no at idea at the shirt factory. They have um, like food trucks there on. I knew that day of the week. Yeah, they usually have music, and one week it was Michael Graves playing acoustic guitar and singing. That's so fucking weird. To me. Yeah, was he like as like was he like wearing like the 
makeup and shit or was he just no, himself? I saw pictures. He's just wearing like a flannel shirt and like oh, a okay. baseball cap. And okay, fair enough. You know, cargo pants. Again, that's like the, that's the, that's the other thing that I do think is weird is like, um, I will say, even though it's on some level, it's fucking weird and kind of depressing that Jerry only especially, um, is basically bald on top at this point, but still rocks the devil lock. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will say that's still a dude. Trademarking. What I'm saying, that is a dude who at least like committed to an image like i'll give him that I mean, much it's the same thing with kiss like do we, like is they, it is it really necessary that the world donate manpower to paint a bunch of seven-year-olds faces i feel like they paint don't they paint their own faces i would assume they kiss paint, i would assume they paint i don't think faces. kiss wipe their own asses <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um i mean fair enough i guess i never really thought about it honestly um you think gene simmons is like i need 20 minutes of personal time to do my makeup (laughs) like some poor well because i know like sting the wrestler still does his own makeup so (sighs) yeah i I feel like there's just maybe a difference between the world of like a wcw wrestler in 2018 and kiss where kiss are like just so absorbed with their image and yeah, they're, they're they're doing the rock star thing. I was like, speaking of actually I stretching didn't, it out. Didn't occur to me until you just said that. I holy fuck! I can't believe I remember this. Uh, there was a time in the late nineties, early two no, it was early two thousands because Vince Russo was running the company, uh, where we had both the Misfits and Kiss in WCW hmm. actually working angles. WCW love men with makeup. Evidently, like English, black and white <laughs> corpse makeup, and like I didn't occur to me until just now. I completely forgot about that until you just said WCW. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> and then like, that's a real thing that happened. Like I think also the insane clown posse were involved, but I could be wrong. Yeah, WCW love grown men in makeup, <laughs> full face makeup. Um, but no, like I don't know. I I do think. The whole thing is, like, I do kind of wish they had, like, well, I would see them if they came someplace, like, even relatively close. I don't even, I don't, I don't even think. Uh, if the Misfits came to, like, Northern Lights, I would go. Oh, definitely that. I'm just saying, like, if even, like, New York, I would be like, I would be like maybe. Yeah, I would consider it. I would consider it. Yeah, for but sure. But, you know, I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of my whole thing. It's like the thing I've said before. It's like, I don't know. It's like. Well, original lineup. Newsfits. No, of no. course, of course. Yeah. Well, in but, fairness, I mean, nah. yeah, I mean, because I know that currently, like, they're they're taking like picking and choosing dates, like yeah. here and there, um, with Glenn and Cherry and Doyle, um, which is fine. But like, I don't know. It's my whole thing is like also, um, the thing I've talked about before. I even talked about earlier on this, where it's like I do always fucking. It's like you mentioned the Descendants thing, hmm. where it's like I always fucking think like I. <laughs> I'm fascinated with the idea of bands like in there. Like, cause one of like the coolest things I've ever seen in my life was um, I had this tape. I mean, my brother had, I can't remember, but like of Meyer threat, the nine, nine thirty club in like the very early eighties, like when they were at their peak of their powers, it was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And like for years, people were like, Oh, like Meyer threat should come back, whatever. I'm like, why? Like, I was like not even being an asshole, but I was just like, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to yeah. see old dude minor threat 
playing Minor Threat songs. They never would. I don't think they would either. I'm just saying. It's like I know there's so many bands that do, and I'm just like I don't get it. Where it's but like, even still, I mean, like, look at Black Flag. You had two different bands touring as Black Flag, and Henry Rollins didn't want anything to do with either one of them. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's gone on record many times just being like, I, like, Black Flag was best when they were just like when Greg Ginn was just kind of like, no, we're this, this is done, and it was kind of like they built that mystique, and then it was like there was that weird fucking time where like for some reason. People thought it was okay to bring them back. And I'm just like, why yeah. would you do that? I, I just think like hardcore and, and like four chord punk, I love it, but it's it's a young man's music. And I feel like, <laughs> I, I do, I just feel like after a certain point, it just seems kind of ingenuine to seem oh, totally. like a bunch of 50 year old dudes play yeah. this mm. hyper masculine, fast and hard, like. I mean, I wouldn't go so as hyper masculine to describe Black Flag. I mean, Christ, Kira Rodler was. I think, well. <laughs> She played on a record called Stick It In. I'm just saying. It's pretty macho. I don't feel like it was intentional. I think it was, I feel like it was more well, ironic. I don't know, dude. Watch an interview with them from that time. Like, it, it, they're trying to, like, not be macho, but they also have, I think, such a chip on their shoulder. that I think there is something very macho about it. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know. I think testosterone is really what destroyed Black Flag ultimately in the end. And not awesome. even from just inside the band, but, like... I don't know, their show's just becoming, yeah. you know, like a cesspool of violence and like people just beating each other up and, yeah. you know, and like, I I don't think the band wanted it to be that way. I don't think they were trying to be macho. I think yeah. they probably deep down hated. Oh yeah, if you ever read like, that, you ever I think they kind of the became what they hated. Like, I don't think, you ever get in the van? I, I've read excerpts of it that have been quoted in a, yeah, I had the actual book. <laughs> the other fucking, um, like I have to find it. I like, I give it to you somewhere, but it, it's um, pretty well documented in our band. It could be your life. Like kind of what the vibe was, but yeah, like, it's definitely not really macho at all. It's kind of, it's very like, I think it's funny. It's I remember when I first, macho. They, they describe as macho and in Henry Rollins own words, I don't feel like they it describe I, as becoming macho and becoming kind of, I don't know. I feel like it's very like stripped down and kind of very like soul bearing and sensitive and not really like, I don't know. For me, at least, I don't know. That was, I haven't read it in a long time, but I remember that was kind of my feeling about it. Because like, when I first read it, I was just like, Jesus Christ. I realized it was basically I mean, It sounds like, like also ego is what broke them up in the end, where they were all, I think, so inside themselves and didn't want to do it and couldn't stand to be around each other. And, yeah. You know. Well, that was kind of the whole thing. With, like, I feel like um, that was like the Misfits thing, too, was it was just like... Everybody kind of, especially, I mean, Glenn, especially, obviously. But like, I remember there was like, I remember there was like one thing in a couple of years, it was probably like 10 or 15 years ago, I remember what it was. But it was like, um, there was a hardcore band playing with them. Uh, and it was Northside Kings. And like, I watched, there's like a video you could find, probably still exists, um, where like, they were like this like New York hardcore band. And like, I guess they had basically, Danzig had a thing where he decided that like he wasn't going to play last because he wanted to go home early or something, whatever. So they were going to play last. So they go on stage and like, as they go on stage, like the house lights go up and everything. And he's just, they're like, what the fuck is this shit? And they end up leaving the stage and going, asking Danzig, like what the hell is going on? Danzig starts a conflict. Danzig, who is like built like Wolverine, but not as tough goes to like, shove one of the dudes in Northside Kings who then proceeds to knock him the fuck out and then everyone just doesn't know what to do they're just standing there like oh fuck <laughs> like it's just like like and then everybody tries to make it and like no Danzig's still tough you sucker punched him like and all this bullshit I'm like because there's this weird thing where it's like I don't know why people felt like that was a thing but like Danzig is just I think a constant source of humor yeah well that's fair <laughs> but I feel like that's the whole thing is I feel like the people that don't see it that way for some reason are terrified of seeing that dude in any light other than just like 
the toughest dude in the world. But I'm like, when did that become I mean, a thing? I Other think, than, the, like, I think maybe that's the joke with Danzig, though, is though like I think he tries to portray this tough guy image. Yeah. Uh, but I think underneath it all, he's just like, just a, just a little, I mean, first of all, he's a fairly small man, he's right? He's 5'3", yeah. He's 5'3". Um, the, the most famous photograph of him in circulation is probably him carrying kitty litter through a parking lot. Oh, God. Um, I would say this most famous, but he's, he's just, most and famous and actually, outside it's of It's funny because I, so I playing. have a graphic novel. Yes, you do. Henry and Glenn Forever, <laughs> which depicts Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins in a domestic partnership. <laughs> And Glenn is definitely the lady in that relationship. Well, that's also a book. You can't like say that that's like a... right. But I think I think the joke lands because they're playing on certain sensibilities yeah. of, of each character. Uh, and I think also because while I mean the whole point is that both of those guys have very um, macho public personas. But I feel like Henry Rollins is like I feel like Rollins is slightly less. But well, Henry Rollins has a macho presentation, but then he'll say things that aren't macho. Yeah, so it's just like he says them like this, and he's so angry. You know, um, I feel like his music was, but I feel like every interview he always seems like a very affable dude. He's he's very direct and very, I think, intimidating. Hmm. I, I think because there's a, there's a certain um, uh, there's a, there's a conference to him that I think is decidedly male, and maybe it doesn't have to be macho, but it's very he's very gruff. <laughs> Uh, always seemed like he might just lunge forward and punch you in the face, even though I don't think he ever would. But to, don't uh, don't you know, make a mm, face. It's just listen to the guy talk. He's no, he's, I do. He's, he's, he's got he's a tone. my fucking hero. You know that. Yeah, like... but, and and I love Henry Rollins. But <laughs> listen to him talk. He's, he's always kind of you know. Like he seems. I don't think he actually is. I think it's just the way he comes across. Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. I, I never. Really I, got I, that. I feel like I would be walking on eggshells talking to him because I feel like. He's just ready to pummel me into the ground, even just verbally. Uh, but he says things that are very sensitive. Where on the flip side of that is that Danzig, I think, is like a very uh, like can't take criticism, maybe like yeah. stuff like that. You know. Uh, in fact, I mean, it's to the point where the the critical quote on the back of this book is a quote from Henry Rollins, and it's an actual quote, which is, "Has Glenn seen this?" <laughs> Because I guarantee you, he would not find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably fair. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing is like, that is the weird fucking thing about Misfits. Like, I do feel like they take it really fucking seriously, but like, it's B movies. Like, the whole point of B movies was that like they weren't it's really shit that you took seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if, if they're if they're catering to interests of of nerds, nerdy interests. Yeah. I mean, I I think like the stereotype of a lot of nerds is to be overly serious about shit that is not serious at all i guess but i mean like, i don't know i feel like like it goes i back take down shit to seriously the, but the, not the, the like guy, the guy that i gave shit to on the air from comic-con when we were waiting in line for the tick and there's <laughs> and there's one guy who was like hey what's this line for and yeah. some and the guy next to us was like if you don't know why do you want to get in man <laughs> i'm so pissed that you and i have a boner right now <laughs> like it's just, come on dude just just chill i don't think you said out. any of that he, <laughs> it was heavily implied that this guy had a boner and that he was pissed about it. He didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he wanted answers from someone. He wanted to ruin someone's time because he was he was afraid everyone would notice he had a boner. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just like I feel like it's like the whole thing for me is like I guess maybe because I grew up like in wrestling. We're just like everyone's got a boner. Well, that's that, not that, but it's just like the whole idea <laughs> of like where it's inherently people are going to make fun of you for liking it. So you kind of have to see the kind of ridiculousness of it and just kind of yeah. like it anyway. It's kind of the same thing with my whole thing with like 
everything that I like, like horror movies and comic books and like whatever, like everything that I like, I see the fucking ridiculousness of it. I just don't care. Like it just like, it's like, I don't take it to the extent of like where it's like ironic and like funny necessarily, but I, I definitely think it's just like where it's like, I can look at it and be like, yes, if you look at this through any kind of sane lens, this is fucking stupid. I, mean, I really I, understand I, that. One of my favorite things in the world is the story of someone who experiences immense personal trauma and the only way that they can live a healthy lifestyle is to, in in their 30s, dress up in a rubber bat Batman. costume yeah. and, and scare the shit out of like junkies. <laughs> that it doesn't even make sense. That's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. But like, whatever. It's fun. Well, in fairness, that's my whole thing is like, I remember when I was like, uh, when they first released Batman Begins, I remember I told my mom, I was like, they finally made me understand why a grown man would dress up in a bat costume I, to honestly, fight crime. I saw the movie. I, I still don't get it. That's the thing. I, I, I get it I still don't understand it. I finally understand it. I, I, was can, just I like, can say I get it because they presented it in a way where I'm like, oh, that like makes logical sense in, in the way that like, you know, A plus B equals C, but... It still makes no sense. I don't know. It makes sense to me. I'm not saying like in real life I necessarily would buy it, but I think an operatic heightened reality. I mean, if, I can if criminals it. are truly such a cowardly and superstitious <laughs> law, why are they breaking the law in the first place? I mean, in fairness, I mean, I mean, I feel like criminals are. I'm probably... cowardly and superstitious, so <laughs> I, I, I don't break the law because a, I'm a coward. I'm too scared to break the law. Uh, B, I'm superstitious. If if I break the law and do bad shit, like maybe bad shit will happen to me. <laughs> That's so, karma. So That's that doesn't make sense. It's very, it's very beautifully written, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I don't know. I just, like I, I. That's my whole thing with like all of this. Is it's like I feel like it's fucking weird that like all of it has to be like taken so because like, I get like the whole thing of like you don't really want people to make fun of you, but at the same time, just like. That's why you kind of learn to kind of make fun of yourself on some extent. At least I I don't know. I feel I like know. I mean I, it's also like why do you care that much? But it doesn't seem. I guess it just doesn't seem very punk. Well, no, that's fair. I'll give you that <laughs> to, to care what other people think. No, that's fair. I mean, but that's, yeah, I mean, because that's like, I feel like a lot of that's that's why I do think it's like annoying. Like it's kind of like, going back to the Batman thing. It's like you either die here or live long live long yeah. enough to see yourself become the villain because it's like. Every band that I see now, like from back of the day, like whenever I hear them talk, I'm just like, why? Like, why couldn't you have been like Derby Crash and just gone out in like a way that I'm just like, oh, I that wish he had got on. Was a, was a fuck. I, I don't know. I, I love Derby Crash, but like, I don't know. That's me. Uh, I can only speak for myself. Do you want to talk about people making bad life decisions? Well, of course though. he made bad life fucking decisions. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm not saying he's my hero. Yeah, he I'm just probably, saying. probably wasn't that great of a guy to be around. Well, fair. I'm just saying I, I always really liked that dude. I always like, I liked his vibe and I liked that band. Um, and he likes you too, enough to probably ask if he can borrow $20. <laughs> I actually used to really want to, I'm I'm glad I didn't do it in retrospect, but like before my first show ever, I was going to give myself a germs burn and I was just like, I'm not going to do that because that's going to hurt a lot. So yeah. I was just like, that seems like a good idea in theory, but those people were probably drunk. Like, I think they were on heroin. Well, fine, but drunk and on heroin. I mean, do you remember their, um, their bit from decline of western civilization yeah of course where the, the germs are talking about like a roofer or something where like they had a party at their place yeah. and uh this guy had died up on the ladder <laughs> like i think he had a heart attack or something and the roofer was just dead on the ladder and then they had a party and they like 
are talking about taking photos with his dead body. Or no, you know what it was? They had a party and the next morning they found a dead body on the roof. And they're kind of like taking photos with it and like. I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't doubt that you. That's my clearest memory of, <laughs> of the germs. I guess. Fair enough. I mean, that's the thing is like going back to like the thing I was trying to like say before. It was like, I don't know. I do feel like that's the whole thing that I don't get is just like. I really am fascinated by like decline Western civilization and like that minor threat live at the 930 club. And I bought like a bad brains um, live in New York in 82, whatever um, DVD and like all that shit. Cause like, I think the idea of being able to see it documented is fascinating. Oh, for sure. I do think though, the idea of seeing it now is just fucking depressing and sad. Like it's just like, I don't want to see any of those bands as old dudes playing those songs like i Same. don't i don't begrudge them making a living i'm just speaking for myself i want no part of it yeah, like yeah, agreed. and including the misfits like it's like i i've i i would probably see them at this point just to be able to be like oh hey i wonder what this is like but like again that's why i would, I would but i would still have to seriously question if it was worth it because that was my whole thing was I'm, like i'm curious if like of all the bands from that era, there's maybe two where I am curious or like, like there was such a level of musician in those the musicianship in those bands that maybe they would hold up today to see it, and that's the Misfits and Bad Brains. That's the thing. I I remember like there was one point where Bad Brains were somewhat local, and I was like, I can't. Like I was just like, I literally can't. Like I love them too much. I just can't that do I it. I am kind of because I mean, because Bad Brains aren't just any hardcore band. They're like, like I know, but just like without ja- like jazz musicians who were then like, let's try hardcore. Oh, I know, but just without like the like the HR being out of his fucking mind. Like I don't think it's going to be as interesting to watch. Like, no, not interesting, but it's, it's still. I mean, those guys are still phenomenal musicians, of course, just on a level of craft and like you know. uh musicianship almost in a sense of like athleticism yeah which hardly any hardcore bands have that a lot of them are just kind of plug in and throw and thrash at it yeah no i don't again i don't disagree with you i just i don't know it's for me it's yeah. just like all of those bands Most of those like, bands were pure uh just uh, like just energy you know yeah just, yeah like the thing you had mentioned before skill. about like uh you've talked about this before but like uh the whole thing of like hardcore bands like their second album kind of being like where a lot of them broke up because it was kind of like them kind of doing the same thing again, just not as well. I can't remember exactly how you put well, it. Well, I mean, but. it's, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier in this episode about just hardcore in general as a movement and as a scene. Like it was very kind of just a spurt, just a quick spurt. And yeah. I, I feel like, uh, and, and you know, and also I feel like youth is a necessary component for making convincing or uh, genuine hardcore, you know, it's, it's the music of adolescence, I feel. And so I think by the time a lot of those bands had put out a second record, I think that they had, in fairness, I do think some of them have gotten better over time. Like think of it all. I think, I think most of them had outgrown hardcore, you know, it was, it was rated like, I feel like by the time you turn 21, you're tool for hardcore. Not necessarily though. Cause I feel like, um, like H2O and like, of it, like a lot of, there's a lot of bands I can name. We should do this at some point. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule. Yeah. Sure. But, for the most part. I think it depends on how, if you actually still have passion for it or if you're just doing it for the yeah, sake for the of most doing part, it. I, like beyond that age, I feel like it just, it doesn't make sense anymore because it just, it doesn't, it, it seems like you're doing it out of habit and not because this is just something that's been boiling inside of you. Mm. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, like minor threat, you know, I, I would say that like, there's no fucking point in seeing minor threat yeah. after 1983 because 
after that, like like Fugazi is what makes sense. Yes. No, I agree. You know, like that. I think if you brought back Fugazi, I'd be down. Like, you know, I would say that Fugazi are maybe more punk than any hardcore band, even even though hardcore is kind of like like the um, you know, like the the first sound people think of when they think American punk rock, but. Like Fugazi did a very punk thing, which is just stay true to themselves, and they knew when it was time to uh, evolve. Yeah, I think a lot. Like I think a lot of hardcore bands had a fear of evolution. No, yeah, and I mean, it actually, if we're, I mean, and then again, some just kind of blew apart on the launch pad, like while they were getting. Because like, I think like, that's the thing I mentioned before, like the, the AFI Misfits thing. Is like the thing that for a long time I thought was interesting about AFI was that like every like couple records they would completely change their sound and become a completely different band. And like Misfits only have like three records, like proper records at least. And it's like each one of them has very kind of, it's, it's very, it's a unique progression, but it's like, it was kind of the kind of thing where it's like, you want to say it blew apart, but I say, no, I don't know if it necessarily did. Cause like, I never really thought about it till now, but like, if you really kind of keep following it, Sam Hain kind of continues it. And then from Sam Hain, you go into like the Danzig solo stuff and that kind of continues it. So I guess technically they never really died per se. So I mean, because even when they were doing like the new fits, yeah, it was kind of like you. I guess that's what makes new fits weird though. It's like, that's not moving on to me. No, exactly. That's what I was about to say. As I was like, I feel like if Danzig, well, by all accounts was the primary songwriter, that's the thing is you actually are, you, you still continued to hear his evolution. You just heard it not in the misfits. Whereas the misfits were like, we have this brand. We're going to fucking milk this brand. And we're talking about a genre where one of the taglines is live fast, die young. Yeah. That's, that's fair. like, we'll just leave it at that. There's not really much. Or, or just, yeah. Or like in the misfits case, just, Die never, because you know zombies never die. <laughs> but they also stay dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess. In the sense, they they are dead, but they're. Up. But also, zombies are annoying. No one likes them. <laughs> I mean, no one's like, oh wow, zombies are here. Great. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't really want to get eaten by zombies. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway. I guess that, I guess that's it. At a certain point, I just want the misfits to go away because the yeah. misfits won't go away, and they're trying to eat my fucking soul. Yeah. But again, like I mean, I I would be interested just to see this just once just to see what it's like, which is weird for me because I normally I'm just like I want no part of any of these yeah. old guy. But like in this case, I'm like I am out of sheer morbid curiosity. And maybe that's, I need to that's see. like another aspect of in part the spectacle of it all. Yeah. No, no, yeah, like, actually, that's a good there's, point. There's another layer to it, you know. Yeah, good good point. And it's almost kind of ironic too because they have a uniform. It doesn't almost. It, in an aesthetic way, it doesn't matter if it's the original guys or not. It does matter, but at the same time, like, you can be able to tell they're wearing a uniform. I would say, plus it's, it's I'll probably be so far away, so this will be such a huge venue that I won't know the difference anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, and I feel like that's, that's I, I guess, maybe the whole point of bands wearing makeup and costumes like that to begin with. It's, you know, it's, it's easily identifiable from super far away. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway... It's been Gifted Punksters. I'm Pat. Yep. Farewell.
Kevin Cardinal here, podcaster and occasional advertiser. Patrick can view the sticks. I've killed and disposed of the body. I'm just kidding. But one thing I don't joke about is my caffeine intake. That's why I drink G Zero. G Zero has over 26 times the amount of caffeine as other name brand energy drinks. And let's talk about sugar. Wow, health is a real concern for me, and that's why I know a lot of name brand soft drinks these days are using all natural cane sugar to answer those concerns. So that's what G Zero does. I mean, what G Zero does is they mix all those same natural cane sugars together with over 19 different artificial sweeteners. It's state of the motherfucking art. Oh my God, G Zero is so delicious. And more importantly, it gets me amped. I've drank six cases since last night and I haven't slept and I just quit my job. So whoa, fuck it. Let's do it. Drink G Zero or fuck. Oh! G-Zero may cause mood changes, constipation, irritability, chest pains, or death. Do not drink G-Zero if you're pregnant or suffer a major heart defect. Get your punctures and not claim responsibility for any medical conditions or fatalities suffered while drinking G-Zero. This has been a Gifted Punksters podcast. Please be sure to follow and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever the hell else podcasts are available. We also do social media. Okay, bye-bye.